Happy Wednesday, Women of Strength. You are listening to the V-Backlink Podcast. And today we are on episode number 86. And we are so excited to have Kara with us from Iowa. And I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if I've told you this before, but like the Midwest is more, like my, one of my favorite areas. I love it in the spring and I love it in the fall. I've never been in there in the summer or winter. And so sometimes people look at me like I'm a little weird, but I kind of want to like retire in like St. Louis or like Ohio or Indiana or somewhere. And my husband's like, um, if you want to leave Utah, you'll have to leave me. So it's not worth my marriage. But anyways, we're just kind of, I really love the Midwest. And so it's kind of fun to, that we get to talk to people from all over the country and even the world on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, Kara today, we are going to talk about some things that she did to prepare mentally and physically for her VBAC. And then after she shares her story, we're going to share some tips with you. Um, the most important things that you can do for your own birth journey to prepare mentally and physically. But before we do that, Megan has our review of the week. Yes, and this is actually fresh in today. We got this on Instagram from Leahville13, and she said, I just wanted to say how glad I am to have found you all. Currently pregnant and was not wanting another C-section. I found you guys and I'm so glad. Talked to my OB today, and she's on board with a January VBAC. Thank you for sharing so much information that I never even knew I needed. You guys rock. <laughs> and I, we carried on a conversation, and I'm so excited for her VBAC here in January. Um, I don't even know. When is this episode airing? You know what? Not till February 5th. So hopefully by the time this episode airs, she will have rocked her VBAC, and we'll be able to talked with her and so keep us updated but yeah we love reviews and we love messages so if you feel like we at the feedback link have helped you or you want to send us a message and let us know how you're feeling in the community or on instagram or listening to these stories we would love it you can leave a review on apple itunes or on Facebook, or Google, or like I said, just send us a message. We love it, and like I said, we love to read them on the podcast. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. All right, before we get into Kara's story... I wanted to add a little bit to what Megan was just saying about the Instagram messages. Did you know that we answer every Facebook message, every Instagram message, and every email we get ourselves? We don't hire out very many things. Most of the work we do at the VBAC link is just blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right verbiage to use, but we've just truly built this from the ground up, grassroots. The only thing we outsource right now is our podcast editing and we're so grateful for that and our copy editing. And we are also incredibly grateful for that. But the rest of it is just us. And so we want you to know that if you have a question, a concern, a comment, or you just want to tell us how we have helped you, 
um, reach out on Facebook, on Instagram, or on email, and we'll reply to you personally. And we love hearing from you, and we love mm-hmm. getting yeah. those messages from you. And we, and I mean, that's the heart of our business is just helping all the people, helping all the people. And yeah, that's kind of what attracted me to Megan at the beginning. For as a business partner is just her desire and her drive and her passion for helping people and so i'm so grateful to megan Aww, for for you. bringing and enhancing that aspect enhancing did i just say enhancing <laughs> enhancing that part of our business anyways um before i take up too much more time i want to turn it over to kara to share her beautiful vback story with you kara take it away yeah Thank you. So excited. So my journey to having a VBAC after two C-sections actually started two years ago um, after I had my first C-section with my first daughter. It was basically an emergency. I just completely unexpected. I had gone into it wanting a natural birth and then everything just kind of went wrong. Um, Her heart rate was dropping and they just kind of rushed me in and, you know, it just kind of crushed me a little bit to be to have a c-section and afterwards I actually had a really bad like serious infection and was hospitalized for a week and just was not a good experience and so when I got pregnant with my second I was like okay I'm gonna have a v-back like no like no problem we're gonna do this and I thought I found a provider who was supportive but looking back And what I know now, there are so many, like, just red flags that they weren't supportive and they were kind of wishy-washy. And sometimes I would actually leave the office crying because I felt like they weren't, you know, actually supportive. But I just still stuck with it and didn't really realize that I had a voice and that I could advocate for myself and that I could also, I could have switched providers. Um, I just kind of felt stuck. And I still had hope that I would have a, a VBAC with my second, but kind of towards the last, they were like, nope, sorry, like, you're not, we're not going to do that. Um, You need to schedule a C-section. And I kind of just felt pressured into doing it. So sadly, that dream, you know, was crushed again. And I would say that this, my second C-section was a lot more peaceful. And I got to do like the delayed cord clamping that I wanted to do and skin to skin. And so I was more at peace. It was just more of a peaceful time. But still, I just, I still had that deep desire to have just a vaginal birth and to experience labor and all of that. So then, three years later, I got pregnant again um, with my third, and this time I was determined not to take no for an answer, just to really advocate for my health and just my dream to have that back. So I immediately, when I found out, I immediately called all the doctor's offices. Um, and said, hey, I, I want to be back. And they're like, okay. And I was like, well, I've had two C-sections. And they're like, no, sorry, we won't take you. Mm. And I just kept saying, like, the door slams, like, so many times. And I was just discouraged. And I actually called a midwife. And I kind of knew that maybe they wouldn't take me, but I just thought I'd call. And, and she was like, no. She was, like, the nicest one. And she was like, no, I'm so sorry. We don't. The only place that does it is Iowa City, which is two hours away. And I was like, oh, really? And she was like, no, no. Like, that's okay. Like, you can totally do two hours. If you want this, like, you should go and, like, do it. And so that was just, like, 
super encouraging to me to hear. And so I immediately hung up and called Iowa City and talked to a nurse there. And I was like, okay, look, like, I want to have a VBAC, but I've had two C-sections. She's like, yeah, no problem. Like, we do those. And I'm like, what? And she's like, like, yeah. Like, she just made it sound like it was just so normal. And I was like, okay. Like, I was so excited. So I scheduled my appointments. And so, yeah, I started going, driving the two hours to Iowa City. And my doctor was amazing she I just was so supportive and I just could not have asked for a better like provider I knew she was my girl when she said there was one it was like the second or third appointment and she was like Kara guess what there was a girl that came in and she was laboring but she had a scheduled c-section and I think it was like her third c-section that was scheduled and they were like this is your only chance if you want to have a vaginal birth, like, like, let's do this. Like, they asked her and gave her the option. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's just, like, unheard of. Because normally if you have a C-section, it's, you know, that's scheduled, they're just going to do it. And so that was just really exciting. And she just kept telling me all these stories. And it was just really cool to have just my doctor completely on my side. So I did all the things to try to induce labor. I did a lot of research on just VBACs and um, the risks. And honestly, I was more, I was never really afraid of the risk of like my uterus rupturing or anything like that. I was more afraid of having another C-section. And so I just, you know, ate all the dates and the pineapple and bumps in the bowl and just tried to get my body ready. And because, honestly, a part of me had this fear that maybe my body was broken and maybe I couldn't do this. You know, I, I, I couldn't really do it my first. I labored and it didn't really work out. And then my second, I didn't even, they didn't let me have that chance because I hadn't started, you know, progressing or anything like that. So that was just really kind of a fear in the back of my head is just maybe my body is broken So, thankfully, though, my doctor was willing to induce me, um, which I know is a lot of times maybe they don't do after, like, for a VBAC, especially after two C-sections, but she was willing to induce me at 41 weeks. That was kind of what she said. At 41 weeks, if you're not, um, if you haven't gone into labor, we're going to go ahead and induce. And I was okay with that. Um, I still tried up until (laughs) that night to try to, you know, get things going and nothing happened. So, we made the two-hour drive to be induced, and um, it was like a 6 a.m. induction time, so we had to leave at like 4. It was so early, but I was so super excited just to meet my sweet baby. And so we got there, and they they just kind of set me up, and they started uh, me on a low dose of Pitocin, um, and they were just, just going to gradually give me more Pitocin um, and just watch me closely and just make sure everything was going fine. And I, you know, I'd walk the halls and just try to get things going. And it didn't really, it didn't really do much. I had some contractions, but they were just really mild. Maybe around 11 a.m. they checked me and I I hadn't dilated um, at all, Um, which is such a mind game, to be honest, to be checked and then not be dilated and then wonder, like, is this going to work? Is this going to really happen but they after a couple checks they decided or they recommended that I do go ahead and get a cook catheter 
which prior to going into labor, that's what my doctor said, that they, those were the only two things that they would do to induce me was the Pitocin and the Cook catheter. So we decided to go ahead and do the Cook catheter, and I didn't realize that it would make contractions super intense. Um, and shortly, and I was unmedicated at the time, and when they put it in, it was extremely uncomfortable, and literally, I mean, like, five minutes after they put it in, I don't know if it was five minutes, but it felt like five minutes after they put it in, like, things got super intense fast. I had excruciating contractions, just, like, one on top of the other, which I guess is a side effect of having it. I just wasn't aware of it. And after an hour or so of laboring in the bed, my nurse suggested that I move to the tub. And so I moved to the tub, and that helped some. And I would like to think that I was breathing nicely through my contractions and working through it and just moaning. Um, But my husband said that I was screaming. And at one point, I actually looked over at him, and he said, his um, hands over his ears. And I was like, are you kidding But I was in so much pain. <laughs> I was in so much pain that I was like, I'm just not even going to like, you know, I'm just going to forget that he's doing that and we'll address that later. But it was just, <laughs> we laugh saying? about it now. Yeah, we laugh about it now. It's funny now. But I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm in labor. You can listen to me. <laughs> so at that point, um, my nurse, and, and my husband were just like, maybe it's time to get an epidural. And I really wanted to try to go natural, but I was in so much pain. And it was just a really, they were never pushy. Like, my nurse was great, and my husband was really supportive. And he obviously didn't want to see me in pain or anything. But it was just, it was really emotional during that time because in my mind, I knew that epidural could slow down labor. And so I was just trying to do everything that I could not to slow down labor and not ruin my chance of having a VBAC. So it was just it was just a really hard decision, um, and I kept pushing it off. And my nurse then said, how about we move to the bed and just different positions and, you know, get out of the tub and just try something different. And as soon as I got out of the tub, everything just got even, like, worse, and I just could barely breathe. I just could not catch my breath, and I just knew at that point, like, I didn't know how long I, much longer I had to go and labor, and so I just felt like I, I just couldn't go any more with the pain, and I decided to get on the drill, which was so hard, but it was, it was the right decision for me, so I got the epidural and immediately felt great, but... I was still nervous that, you know, about it, ru- like, ruining my chance of a VBAC. Um, and my my doctor actually came in and checked me, and I thought, okay, surely it has been five hours of, like, intense labor. Surely, you know, I'm dilated, and I still was only at one centimeter. And I was just, like, crushed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, be- I began to cry, and I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I just did that for five hours, like, and nothing. So, again, it was just that, like, mind game, and I just felt so discouraged and just had to really fight my fears that, you know, maybe I wouldn't get it after all, and maybe my body didn't work. But thankfully, my doctor and and just the staff, they were nothing but, like, encouraging. They were not worried one bit. They were just like, we will, like, you have time. Like, do not stress. Like, just relax. 
you know, you have plenty of time and, and we're doing this, you know. So that was really encouraging to me that they weren't like, well, you just have this set time. If you don't, you know, if you don't dilate by in two hours, then it, we're just going to take you to the C-section, yeah. you know. So that, that really gave me a piece that they weren't pressuring me just to throw in the towel. They were willing to be patient and wait um, and just hopefully let my body do, you know, what it was meant to do. So we waited and I felt shortly after just this little, I'm sure it was hours later, but you know how it all works together. Um, I felt this, I felt this little pop between my legs. And at first I thought, oh, maybe my water broke, but I didn't really feel any like wetness or anything. But then I remembered the catheter and when it, it dilated the five or six, it comes out on its own. And so I got super, like, hopeful. The nurse came in and the doctor came in and they were like, yep. And my doctor checked me and I was dilated between, like, a 5 and a 6 and 90% E-face. Awesome. Yes. And at that point, it was, like, I cried all the happy tears because Mm -hmm. I had never gotten that far in a labor before. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, my body is not broken. It's doing this. You know, it just needed a little help or needed a little time. So I was just super just encouraged and so excited. We decided that my bag of waters was sitting really low, but I just asked, you know, just to see if my body would do it on its own. So she said, okay, let's, we'll give you a couple hours and we'll see if like the, you know, your waters break on its own. They didn't. And so my doctor just went ahead um, and broke my water. And I was just still just so, I just remember being the whole day just with each like, progress just just thankful even the hard labor I was just thankful that I even got to experience like as excruciating as the pain was just experiencing it because I again had never been able to get that far and so I just began to like tell myself okay like you're doing this your body's not broken and I just was envisioning honestly the whole time like having that be back um, and just having you know being able to push so a few at that point I guess it was around it was almost the next day it was like late it was like 11 p.m. and I called my sister and I said come she was going to come take pictures for me it's a two-hour drive so she came and that was around the time that they had broken um, my water so that was a really nice distraction to have her there we just chatted and rested and then I started to feel a lot more pressure around 3 a.m. And I was like, what is this pressure? I kind of got nervous. Like, oh, no, is my epidural not working? I've never experienced just that feeling before. Um, and at one point, I actually reached down kind of over, like, my pubic area, and I felt a big bump, and I realized, oh, my gosh, the head is moving down. And I was just, like, <laughs> could not believe, like, you know, like just that much closer. I was just so excited. And then shortly after, my doctor came in, and I just told her, I'm like, I am feeling so much pressure, like, during each contraction. And she checked me, and she's like, oh, yes, like, wow, baby's head is right there. It is time to push. That's amazing. And I, yeah, I was just so shocked. I was, I was like, wait, what? Like, no. And she's like, yes, we're pushing. We're doing this. So it was really cool. They called the nurses, and actually a couple other doctors came in too. One doctor had just had 
uh, twins, I believe, like via C-section, or yeah, via C-section, and she came in just to watch because she's like, I want to do what you're doing. I want to have a V-back. So that was just, yeah, that was just so cool. Like, there was actually a lot of people in the room because I think they just wanted to be, like, a part of it, which was just really, really cool and, like, just encouraging. So I started to push, and they told me I, you know, I had never gotten this far, so they kind of told me it was going to take around two hours just because they were treating me as, like, a first-time labor delivery, you know. So I was like, okay, kind of have that in the back of my mind. But I also had the back of my mind almost, like, this fear that at any moment they could still tell me, like, I wasn't done yet, you know. Like, at any moment they could still tell me that, stop, like, we're going to go have to have a C-section. Mm. Um, and so that fear was still in the back of my head, and I was trying to fight it. And I just remember, like, with each push, I mean, I just pushed with all my might to get that baby out so that, because then I just thought, the faster I do it, like, you know what I mean, like, the less chance that they'll tell me to stop. And so I was just super calm and just so focused with each, like, with each push. And after about 15 minutes, they they were like, okay, like, the head was there, and they were like, do you want to feel? And I was like, yes. And so I got to feel the head, which was just super, like, Amazing, so cool. And motivating. Looked, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was like, this, it's still, like, surreal. And I remember looking, I mean, I still get emotional, and it's, like, four and a half months, like, later, but I just. I looked at my doctor and I like was crying again, <laughs> just, but like, I was like, these are happy tears. I was like, I am doing this. And I just looked at her. I'm like, I'm having my V-back. And she just was like, you are. She's like, you're doing awesome. And I just felt like the whole, mm. everyone was just so supportive and it was just amazing. So I pushed for another 15 minutes. So a total of 30 minutes. They were a little impressed by that. Um, and they, and he came out, and we actually didn't know um, whether we were having a boy or a girl. So it was even, Aww. it was just so special just to not only have a V-back, but then to find out that we had a boy. Yeah. Um, so it was just, I, I still feel like it's just a dream, honestly. Like, it was just the coolest experience ever. And I don't know if people... I know people get birth all the time, but it just felt so special because I felt like I, I mean, I fought for, I mean, it was a dream for, before I had kids, you know, to have that special birth story. But then for seven years, you know, I wanted that, like, V-back. I wanted to experience having a vaginal birth. And it was just very redeeming and just, oh, I... I'm done having kids, but I'm like, I wish I could do it over again because it was just a cool, it was just, oh, it was magical. An amazing experience. Those are like, I just, I wish somehow I could be a fly on the wall. Like, I wish I could be like Mm Ant-Man, like turn myself into a fly and like, (laughs) and like just be flies on the wall of all these births, but still have a life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because (laughs) to witness, like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I've been there personally too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to be there, but then to witness it as well. It's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And you're like, mm-hmm. I'm, you're, you're, you know, you're saying you're getting emotional even after months of this. And, 
like that's I still feel like even after three years like I find myself emotional mm-hmm. about it and feeling like so passionate inside of my gut you know like mm-hmm. talking about it and like I just want to tell the world so we love that mm-hmm. you just told the world your story because it's an amazing yeah. one such an amazing mm-hmm. one yeah Julie you wanted to talk a little bit about mental and physical prep yeah you know well you're telling your story and something kind of just stuck out to me. I think Megan could relate to a lot um, as I've heard Megan tell her story lots of times by now mm-hmm. um, where, you know, after having two C-sections and you're in your, you're in your third labor and still doubting yourself, even while you're laboring mm-hmm. yeah. and still thinking maybe my body's broken. Maybe my body can't do this. Mm-hmm. I know I experienced those feelings after just one C-section, but mm-hmm. after, after two, after having experienced that twice, um, and some women even go on to, you know, three or four and still don't get the chance to have a vaginal birth. I can imagine the defeat that you guys are feeling. And I could feel that while you were telling your story. And, um, that mm-hmm. comes out, that comes out sometimes and it can come out in, in birth and it can come out mm-hmm. during pregnancy and it can manifest in a lot of different ways. So one thing that we really focus on, you know, oh, I don't know, when Megan and I were writing our manuals for our VBAC prep class for parents, Megan, we were talking about, like, is this is like the earliest, earliest, earliest stages mm-hmm. of creating this course. And we decided, like, the first thing we needed to do was figure out, like, an outline. Like, pick, like, five or six main topics that we wanted to talk about in our course and then those five or six main topics we'll expand on and dig, dig deeper. So, you know, kind of like starting like a table of contents and then mm-hmm. writing out from there. And that's probably one of the more organized ways we've started any project, I think. But when Megan first came to me with her topics, one of them was physical preparation. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to talk about mental preparation. Megan also wanted to talk about mental preparation. But when she talked about physical preparation, I was like, what like uh, I was like are you sure because I'm pretty sure that this is you know kind of basic stuff and everyone should already know these things but as the manual evolved and we each you know were in charge of separate parts of the manual and Megan started bringing content and building and creating this section on mental and physical preparation to life it kind of clicked for me that these are really important things yeah. for people to know. And so that's why we start with them. The very first section of our manual goes into mental preparation. Um, we do a fear release activity and physical preparation. And physical preparation looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like give away spoiler alert for our classes, but there are lots of things that you can do. And we recommend so many different things that you can do. That you can like pick and choose what fits best with your existing lifestyle to kind of make it easy. Because here's what ha- here's here's just kind of bottom line. At the end of the day, when your mind and your body are in the best operating shape possible, mm-hmm. your labor and birth is going to be a lot smoother, generally speaking. So if all of your... F- physiological processes are working properly, your heart's being treated well, your structural system, your bones and all of your framework is is moving correctly, which is why we talk about chiropractic care a lot. When your mind has no fear in it or very little fear in it, all of those things help align everything to where there will be little disruption 
of the physiologic birth process. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I've been up all night. I just coming fresh off of birth. I had like no sleep. So I'm trying to make no, let me know. Yeah, if I'm no, sense. I think it's just, <laughs> I mean, and even ACOG talks about it, you know, when you're yeah. healthier, when you're eating healthy, which is something that I encourage because I saw a difference with my first birth versus my second birth. I ate like crap. I ate Chinese food all the time, almost every day. And Taco Bell, it's ridiculous. Um, Taco Bell? Yeah, it was, I ate completely unhealthy and like my schedules were off and I just, I didn't treat my body the way it needed to be treated. And I just saw a difference, you know, with each baby. I I did more and more and more. And I think that's a lot of the passion that I have behind, like really prepping your body and eating well and exercising and doing those things because your recovery, your labor, your delivery, your health, everything is just, it's just better. Yep. And when things operate better, then there's less of an excuse for people to jump in with suggesting a repeat cesarean. Yes. So that's what we're trying to avoid. We want to establish that right at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And so Kara, she has a whole Instagram page. That's beautiful. If you, I think it's beautiful (laughs) on, on clean eating and gluten-free and, you know, gluten-free is something that I like was just talking to my husband. I really want to try and do, but it's so hard. I know it's so hard, hard. but everyone's like, yeah, it's so hard until you do it. And then it's really easy because I just wonder if a lot of things would change for me. Will you share a little bit about what you did? Because in the beginning when we talked, you kind of said like, you know, you did, you didn't do like everything, but you like really focused on eating healthier and mentally preparing. So how, how did you eat better and what would you share? What tip would you share for the listeners on something you did? Yeah. So I just really, I I mean, the first trimester, I just say, give yourself grace because when Mm. you are so sick, it's hard Mm -hmm. to eat super healthy, but also don't give, don't, don't make an excuse that you're, because you're pregnant that then you can eat whatever you want. Yes, um, now is the time to be eating the healthiest because you're not only nourishing yourself, but a sweet baby is growing inside. So after my first trimester um, and I started feeling just a little bit better, you know, I just really focused on eating healthy and as clean as I could and mentally preparing myself um, and just, Doing the research and reading other people's stories, and honestly, your guys' podcast, like, was just a lifesaver the last, like, three weeks. No, I mean that. I I don't even know how I found you guys, but I was actually two weeks before I gave birth. No, three weeks before I gave birth, so I was, like, 39 and 40 weeks pregnant. I was so sick, like literally in bed. It was like some sinus, like Mm. wooey thing. I don't even know, but I was in bed and I literally like binge listened to your podcast. And it just mentally helped me so much hearing other women's stories. I mean, I was like emotional and I'd cry and I'd be like, I want that to be my story. But it just gave me like just this empowerment that like, if she can do it, I can do it. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just such a godsend, honestly, just to be able to listen to other women's stories. So thank you for sharing and doing this because it really helped me a lot mentally prepare. Oh, thank you so much. 
Yes. That makes us really happy when we hear that. Again, going like back to our reviews, it's kind of like the heart of our business, why we started. We want to change mm-hmm. how VBAC and cesarean are perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that one person yes. at a time. It has to happen from the bottom up. It has to come from the birthing people and their partners and mm-hmm. their doulas. Mm-hmm. And that's how we influence change. And mm-hmm. so I am so happy that you found us. I want to... Mm-hmm tell people how to find you um you have an instagram page you guys like megan said it's it's, it's really, really pretty, pretty. <laughs> and, so and you're just so stinking cute like can i just say that you're just so yeah. cute and your kids and uh, your whole family oh, you. but her instagram page it's all one word it's kara swanson so kara and then swan like the bird and then sun like a boy child son <laughs> right so k-a good, right? good job good job kara k-a-r-a-s-w-a-n-s-o-n all one word go find her but guess what else we are going to have her episode her instagram page tagged on our instagram page um if you want to go and find her episode picture on our Instagram page, the VBAC link, which should be super easy for you to remember, then give her a follow. She's got some great advice, really healthy tips for all stages of your life, um, especially related to pregnancy and children and motherhood. Then in the comments on her podcast episode image, tell us what you did to either prepare mentally or physically for your birth or births, because we want to start this big discussion that people can go through and get ideas from, because some people Mm -hmm. need a lot more work on the mental side. Some people need a lot more help on the physical side. Some people need help with everything like me. And um, we want to start this thread that people can go to and get lots of ideas. So come to our page, the VBAC link on Instagram or on Facebook comment with what you did and then go give Kara a follow and then just for an extra bonus for you guys that are listening today we have a blog written by the VBAC pregnancy nutrition expert herself Megan (laughs) expert huh (laughs) (laughs) all about VBAC pregnancy nutrition you can find that on our blog the vbaclink.com slash blog and guess what it's called VBAC pregnancy nutrition to make it really easy for you so Go to our blog, get some tips, go to our Instagram page, participate in that discussion. And we wish you the healthiest and happiest journey to your VBAC. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbaclink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.